Our gospel this morning comes from St. John chapter 1, verses 29 through 42, and can be found on your pew Bible on page 1647. John records, The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I meant when I said, A man who comes after me has surpassed me because he was before me. I myself did not know him, but the reason I came baptizing with water was that he might be revealed to Israel. And then John gave his testimony. I saw the Spirit come down from heaven as a dove and remain on him. And I myself did not know him, but the one who sent me to baptize with water told me, the man on whom you see the Spirit come down and remain is the one who will baptize with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and I testify that this is God's chosen one. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. And when he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. And when the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. And turning around, Jesus saw them following, and he asked them, What do you want? And they said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went, and they saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, We have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. And Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Some of the greatest works of art were created as visual sermons for all who entered the religious places in Europe. And one of these works of art is called uh, the Insenheim, Insenheim Altarpiece that uh, Matthias Grunwald uh, painted for the monastery of St. Anthony in Colmar, France. And I have a, a picture here. I'm sure you all can see it from here, but I'll bring it out to the, to the back. But it's rather unique, and I'll describe it for you. An altarpiece... Um, uh, is uh, quite something. And, and I have another picture here. of uh, It's actual 
shows the size of it, and it, it's massive. It's, there's uh, people standing here so that you can see uh, the, the difference, disparity in the size of the, the painting. But like most altarpieces, the central focus of the piece is the crucifixion of Jesus. And one of the unusual things about this particular work, and it's striking, is that it shows John the Baptist at the crucifixion. And the Bible tells us that John the Baptist was long, long gone, long dead, and buried by the time Jesus had died on the cross. So what is the message that Grunwald uh, was trying to convey in this work? Well, as you study the figure of John the Baptist, the one thing that stands out the most is that his index finger on his right hand is pointing at the crucified Jesus. And this is John pointing at Jesus and saying, Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. And this is the message of John that speaks to all people down through the centuries. Now, if you could understand, if I could understand everything that there is to know about this one sentence, which is, Well, if we could understand every part of that sentence, we would all be worthy of the title Doctor of Theology. The sentence from John the Baptizer is one of the most powerful expressions of the gospel in the Bible. And within the full meaning of these words are all the sentences of all the creeds in all of the church. When we hear, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, the word behold is an epiphany word. It means, hey, look here. I want to show you something. And John uses this word so that he can show Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, to his listeners and to us. He has already received an epiphany from God. Last week, we learned that after John baptized Jesus, the heavens, the heavens opened. The Spirit descended like a dove, and a voice declared that this Jesus, this Jesus was God's beloved Son. And now John is proclaiming this epiphany to his listeners. He is doing the work of a prophet and pointing to Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Savior of the world. Now, although some sacrifices required bulls, goats, or birds, the lamb, more than any other animal, was the animal required by most of the sacrificial regulations of the ceremonial law. The word lamb is used in the sentence, and it brings to mind the continuous flow of blood from the altar in Jerusalem. Now consider, consider this. It's, it's gruesome, but consider the multitude of regular sacrifices. 
There was the morning and evening sacrifices. There were purifications, the sin and guilt offerings, and so forth. And then there are the many festival sacrifices. We have the Feast of Booths. We have the Pentecost, the first fruits, and of course, let's not forget the Passover. And when John says the word lamb, the image of all of these sacrifices comes to mind. Now, all devout Jews, they knew that they were the ones who should be sacrificed. They knew that they had earned God's eternal wrath with their sins, just as they knew that the sheep are amazingly helpless regarding the things of this world. So they also knew that they themselves were equally helpless regarding the things of God. And this image was so strong that God often referred to his people as his sheep and as himself as their shepherd. And they understood that the sacrificial lamb was taking their place. Now, John was saying that this man, who was the shepherd, who had become the lamb in order to save and become a sacrifice for them, for the people. And the word lamb reminds us of the sacrifice that was made in our place. Amen. This lamb is God's lamb. The sacrificial lamb of the Old Testament ceremony must not have any blemishes or spots. You remember that part? Without blemish. And it was to be as close to perfect as possible on this sin-filled earth. It close apparently counts in the eyes of men. Its sacrifice has to remind people that one day God would send his perfect lamb to make the sacrifice pointed to by all the sacrifices described in the scriptures. And John is saying that this man is God's lamb. And he's not just close to perfect. He is perfect. He is the culmination of all the sacrifices of all time. He is the sacrifice that fulfills the first sacrifice that God made when he killed some animals to provide the skins to clothe Adam and Eve after they sinned. He fulfills the sacrifice that Abel offered. And he fulfills the sacrifices that Noah offered after he landed safely in the ark. And he fulfills the sacrifices of Abraham, including the sacrifice that he made after he nearly sacrificed his own son, Isaac. And he is the one for all sacrifice that makes all the sacrifices meaningful. The words, the sin, they gather the stench of sin into one disgusting, steaming pile of evil. 
It includes all the wars and murders and rapes and thefts. It includes all the sinful thoughts, words, and deeds that anyone at any time has ever had. It includes the sinful nature that we were born with. It includes all of our gossip, all of our complaints, all of our grumbling, and all of our worry. It includes every lie that we have ever told to our parents, to our teachers, to our spouses, to our children, or to our pastors. It includes the lies that we've told ourselves. And it does include the lies that we have told to God. It includes the thoughts that we had as our eyes lingered a little too long on that member of the opposite sex. It includes everything putrid and vile, everything that you and I or anyone else ever thought or done or said that flew in the face of God's holy law and earns us eternal damnation. I'll do it for you this time. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. The words of the world mean that the work of God's Lamb, Jesus Christ, is good for the whole world, not just those who believe. The word for the world is the sentence, in this sentence is the root for the word cosmos. And this word means that everything that God has created, everything that God has brought into being by the command of his word. God's gifts are not just for the German or the Roman or the Greek or the Jew. They transcend all nations and all people groups. They are not restricted to the rich or the poor or the young or the old. They are for people in all times and in all places. And there is no sin anywhere that anyone that this Lamb of God does not take away. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. These words, takes away, are just one word in the original Greek. And that word means to lift up, to carry away to another place. And this means that the Lamb, the Lamb takes the load, the curse, the damnation of the total massive amount of sin onto himself. He lifts the awful burden from us and he carries it to the cross. There on that cross, our sin is crucified with the lamb. 
And there our sin is put to death. And this one act of lifting and carrying away our sin is good for all time. The path that Jesus took when he carried the sin of the world began when he was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary. It is there he put on humanity and humbled that humanity under the authority of the law. And John's words tell us that it is Jesus' vocation, it's his job to carry away the sin of the world. And John's words tell us that Jesus was already carrying the sins of the world when he made this declaration. And when John said these words, he considered the taking away to already be a done deal. The forgiveness of sins that comes as a result of the Lamb's sacrifice was already available to all. All the saints of the Old Testament receive salvation because this Lamb's sacrifice is good for all time and for all places and people. God's promise is as if John had already heard Jesus declare his victory from across the words, from across, from the cross. His words were this, it is finished. It's like he had already heard it. He's pointing to Jesus on the cross. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. The word the, the word the before the word lamb tells us that there is only one lamb. That this lamb that John points out is the one and only Savior. There is no other. And all the other faiths of the world, they tell us that we must earn our salvation but as soon as we are honest, it is easy to see that no one can earn his own place in heaven. No one is good enough. And people can lead lives of desperation in their sin, and they can wear their conscience down to a pulp so that they do not feel their sin, but they cannot save themselves. Only the Lamb of God can do that. We respond to John's declaration in the divine service. God's, God reveals the presence of the Lamb in, in the sacraments right there, and, and, and we sing and ask for mercy as we approach the altar where we will eat the flesh of the lamb and we will drink his true blood. It is here we will join with the words. We will join with the archangels. We will join with the armies of heaven to glorify with the words, Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, are full of your glory. 
Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Amen. This sentence will stand forever. Long after this world is gone, long after the world as we know it no longer exists, long after the creation of a new heaven and a new earth, we will gather before our Lord and say, in Revelations 5.12, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing, Revelation 5, 9, and 10. And we shall sing a new song saying, Worthy are you to take the scroll and to open its seals, for you were slain, and by your blood you ransomed people for God from every tribe and every language and people and nation, and you have made them a kingdom of priests to our God, and they shall reign on the earth. Amen. When John the baptizer saw Jesus, and he pointed at him, and he said this short sentence, he said more than I can possibly explain this morning. When God inspired John the evangelist to quote John the baptizer, God gave us something to think about, something to comfort us for the rest of our lives and unto eternity. And that gift is this. Behold, the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. In the name of Jesus, amen.